Okay, we're streaming on YouTube and now hitting record on that 20 seconds of room tone. All right. Uh, hey, guys, we are doing the RCR podcast live today. I'm Nick. I'm Brian. And yeah, we're testing out the new webcam, uh, trying to get a better setup going on here uh, in terms of audio visual sort of consistency. So uh, yeah, I yeah. guess uh, this is happening. This is uh, RCR podcast 14. Remember the Mill Vale Neon? Let's get right to it. Uh, I had the worst day of uh, filming on uh, this past Saturday. I blew almost my entire film shoot. Um, so, and, but from that, I got this mantra now called um, uh, Remember the Millvale Neon. And oh man, everybody in the comments are saying that the audio is bad, so much distortion, audio has been cranked to 11. Hmm. All right, um, it's coming out of the phones. Guys are peaking like crazy. Way down, a little bit up. All right. I saw the thing. It looked like it was too much. So, anyway. I know the, the Zoom H4 is going to be fine. If, if I do this, does this... Yeah, that does it as well. So down and then down. All right. People are saying perfect. Now it sounds good. Way better. Awesome. All right, cool. <laughs> Great. Uh, so remember the Millvale. Remember neon. the Millvale Neon. Uh, the Millvale Neon was a film shoot that I've been waiting to do since uh, uh, beginning RCR. Um, a first generation Dodge Neon in manual. And it had 45,000 miles on it. Oh, wow. From 19, it was either 94 or 95. I think it was a 95. Uh, it had a combination CD and tape deck. Um, it had power mirrors, but no power windows. Ooh. Those were a crank. It was purple. The guys, the, the man and uh, wife who owned it, or man and girlfriend, uh, were from Ohio. They drove it to Pittsburgh, and I drove out to Pittsburgh to film this. So... Uh, it was going to end. Yeah, uh, Saturday in Pittsburgh was beautiful. It was snowing on the east side of PA, mm -hmm. but Pittsburgh was amazing. Yeah. It was a cloudless day. It was beautiful. And this was me filming. You know, th this is my DSLR. And, and I'm taking a picture. Oh, taking a picture. Oh, oh hold on. And I couldn't even look at the screen on uh, on on the video on my DSLR. That was making me nauseous. Yeah. So Tim Strickler was there. Justin Lose was there. You remember Justin Lose? He had the uh, like 1925 oh, uh, yeah. Model T. He was, yeah, he was there. Turns out Justin Lose lives lives one block, one block from Tim Strickler's Damn, house. Small world. world. Yeah. So we were all hanging out. I was throwing up. See what happened is. Uh, Tim and I go out the night before uh, we go to 
room B or something, someplace in, in Millvale. I had two beers and I had a salad and shrimp. And I th- see, I drank this. This is the, the classic bro story. I drank the same amount of alcohol that Tim did. Yeah. Like we had two beers. Uh, then we went to another bar, had another beer. And then we went back to his house, and this is where the alcohol. Tim, since we last met him, has amassed a ludicrous supply of booze. Mm. And it's like any uh, apartment or house that's just all guys in it. It's just lined up in the kitchen. There must have been 30 bottles there. I was just like, you, you get stuff for a party, or you like, oh, I bought a whole bottle just to make one drink, or I was going to make this drink. And now, now, and me i see that and i'm like well let's get into this <laughs> and he had he had this one bottle it's like oh this is japanese whiskey and it said suntory on it and oh like, yeah for relaxing times make it make suntory, suntory time. times so i drank three of those and i was rocking and rolling and then no i drank two and then justin Lowe's came over so i'm like fuck it it's one in the morning let's keep you know i <laughs> add another whiskey so the drink count was three beers three whiskeys over the course of I don't know, four hours? You know, yeah, yeah, I could see it. But I woke up, I went to bed at 1.30 and I woke up at um, 6 a.m. We were mm. talking before a podcast and bolt upright. Like I am awake, awake. And I've learned, okay, what's happening is your liver has processed all that booze but in processing booze, and this is coming from my friend Tom, who's a uh, uh, professor at Iowa State of Chemical Engineering, Dr. Tom Mansell. And he said, okay, well, what's going on here is when you when your body's processing a lot of alcohol, your liver needs an extra kick and your body su- supplies a bit of adrenaline to keep you going. And that's partially where the drunk muscles come from. Uh-huh. <laughs> so the So your liver is finally... Uh, finished processing everything and then the but the adrenaline's still going yeah so that wakes you up and you are rocking and ready to go the first two times that's happened you know in your early 20s and you know whatever like i remember doing that going out for a wild night you wake up at 7 a.m it's like just go to the dining hall yeah like and of course you're 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 21 and your liver is a two-stroke engine that just just takes in whatever it can, spits it right back out again. Like, ooh, I have a headache. By noon, you're ready to go again. Yeah, yeah. I miss that so much. No, so do I. I miss, you know, le- heading down a uh, Burrow Street and then eventually grabbing, like, the Blue Loop, going to Sharky's, having, like, eight lion's heads, and then <laughs> hitting up college pizza Yeah, after. Nick, Nick went to Penn State, Maine. Yeah. Uh, State and, college. Yeah. So that's what and, he's talking about. And that was, like, party central. Well, I mean, that was the year where we were, like, tech the number one party school in America. And so I went to so many freaking parties with people I didn't even know. You just like run into people on the street. Like, dude, I'm like, yeah, 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 I'm just like, oh, look at me. You know, I'm like, you know, going all John Goodman on everything. (laughs) I'm just completely having at it. And then, you know, know, you're making out with people you don't even know. Like, it's it's just college is awesome. (laughs) Like, and then, you know, 10 years later, you're suddenly kind of, um, you can't. I had a night like this last Tuesday where um, I did an open mic and I had had two beers there. And it's like my brain is telling me, like, Nick, you're fine. Go home. Like, go home, Nick. You're fine. Mm-hmm. And I end up going to Brewers to meet a friend, um, this bar called Brewers. And, and anyway, they uh, 
I end up like having, you know, a couple more, like maybe like two or three more. Mm-hmm. But even that, it's kind of, you know, yeah. you're starting to feel faded. Um, yeah. And it's a Tuesday night and you're kind of like, come on, why are you doing this? Yeah. You're 32. Go yeah. home. <laughs> and uh, I didn't get home until close to three in the morning. I'm like, ugh. Uh, why but tomorrow's the, yeah you start thinking about that you, you start counting the hours like, yeah four, if four, i go four, to bed six. now but then like i have to drop dead asleep right yeah, now to yeah. get it and so i sleep with you know four bottles of water next to the bed and kind of you know sort of re rebalance things so that mm-hmm. I wake up and I don't really have a hangover like or at least not as much of one yeah like it's just kind of a slight thing but then every time I wake up I'm thinking like what <sighs> never again yeah <laughs> like I'm yeah. just done I'm done and I don't know how people who never got out of that college mindset are still able to do it I know this one guy um he knows who he is and he's a great friend I've met through RCR and also through, uh, also for, we have like mutual friends, but he said, I forget where he went to school, but he said, Oh yeah, I got through it. I got, I got, um, I was able to, to keep that, uh, stuff going just by doing Coke. Ooh. Like I get done drinking and I do Coke. I'm like, what? And he's like, he was like straight up about that. that, that he did that. I'm like, wow. <laughs> um, people in the chat are complaining that it's 480p. That it's not high def. The reason it's 480p is so the stream doesn't drop, because because it's streaming through this laptop, which is on the back of this chair. If it can take 720, then yeah, but I don't want the stream to go down. Yeah, and we're so, gonna end up cleaning up this audio later for posting on like the iTunes and right. the uh, Google Play and uh, Stitcher. Yeah, and there's two places. sources. Uh, you're hearing the board, but my Zoom H4 is also plugged into the board, which is going to be a different sounding audio, which yeah. I'm going to try to clean up after this. Um, yeah. It's weird that I can see the chat going down. Yeah. Um, I'm going to grab my coffee in a minute. Anyway, so I wake up the next day and I, I'm familiar with the hangover. Like, okay, you're queasy. You got a headache. Go into the bathroom. Stick your finger down your throat. Mm. Preemptively puke. Let's just get this over with. I did it. It all comes out. We've been down this road before. And immediately feel like a million dollars after yeah. after you throw up. Like okay, good, we're through this. Go drink water. Go back to bed, and wake up again. Oh boy, all right, we're going over a second round of this. <laughs> go back to bed. Now it's nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm I'm still nauseous. And I'm like, uh oh, like this is freaking weird. Um, uh. Justin Lowe's. I'm, I'm at Tim Strickler's house on that couch that that I always sleep on. Yeah. And your futon is like yeah, in the yeah. other room. And I'm like, there is no way Tim upstairs isn't he- hearing me puking like this. So I go, uh, I'm starting to do that thing where you start to sweat and then you're cold at the same time. Oh. So you got the blankets half on and half off. And now it's 10 o'clock and I'm just sitting, I'm in pain. It's like moving hurts, thinking hurts. Yeah. I'm just in the fetal position on the couch. Justin Lose comes over. Now at that time I'm picking up, we were supposed to film a second car, a, uh, a Chevy SS mm. uh, that also um, I'm waiting to, um, I'm excited about. But I'm like, this guy lived in Pittsburgh. I'm like, look, 
Um, there's no way I'm going to be able to do two cars like this. Um, I'm sorry, man. Can, can you just go home? And we'll do it a second time. I'm so sorry. Because th- both of these people emailed me the night before said, are we still on? I'm like, fuck yeah, we're on. <laughs> and then the next day, it's like, oh, oh. So there was no SS. And then I started thinking, I don't know if I can do this neon. Got to do this neon. I don't know if I can do it. Got to do it. So I take pain pills. Uh, Justin Lowe gives me this probiotic stuff to drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tim Strickler goes to uh, the local drugstore, gets me Pepto-Bismol and Pedialyte. Yeah, Pedialyte. Yep. So I start nursing this stuff. I drink the Pepto-Bismol. I know I can't drive. Like driving hurts, thinking hurts, looking hurts. Um, uh, Justin Lose also gave me a pill for something. I forget what it was. Just fuck it. Things in. <coughs> Times two. And we drive down to the park where we're going to film. And is this thing too far down again? Is this thing falling on me? Oh, touching the mic stand. Oh, watching the thing peak. There we go. So crank this thing good and down. So we get down to the park and I stagger around to the back of the car, the Subaru, open the Pelican case, get out the D750. Like I, in my head, we've done enough of these. I can do it by muscle memory. Uh, the neon shows up. I'm like, Hey, let's do this. I'm like, I'm speaking in very short sentences. It was hard to like, I'm in my head. I knew what I wanted to say. But talking was like picking up grocery bags filled with cement mm. and or, or hauling two bags of mulch under your arms, gathering words and assembling them into a sentence and screwing a period onto the end of it and it has to make sense. That must be what it feels like to be really old. Mm. and have a hard time talking and expressing yourself. Yeah. So, uh, Wesley, the owner, was very cool. Uh, his girlfriend, also into cars and mechanics and Fickham, they love their neons. They love like 90s, mm. 90s Mopar. Like, oh, these guys are cool and I'm such a hunk of crap today. So I take a few pictures Walk over to the bushes, throw up, take a few more pictures, back to the bushes, throw up. Uh, I'm like, okay, let me screw this thing. I, I I got the steady cam out. I'm trying to screw the thing on. I can't screw it on. My fingernails hurt. And uh, Justin says, let me do that. Justin starts putting it together. At, at one point, Tim Strickler did the slow roll, ro- running aside oh. in the car. Justin Lose filmed the coming and going shots and i'm standing there like a freaking loser like these guys drove all the way here to see me and i'm fucked up because i had a party and i've never ordered shrimp at a bar ever before Mm. first and last first and last so remember the millvale neon means never drink while i'm on the road or never party really yeah i'll have my airport beer 
we'll have the plate of hot brown and cold yellow at the at the restaurant near yeah, the hotel. We, we yeah, we had beers in the hotel with David Patterson that, yeah. in in uh, Virginia the yeah. one time, and when, when we did one of these like podcast type things, and yeah, it's it, that was fine. It, it, was, it fine. was like two beers a piece, and we were good. Yeah, um, and they weren't heavy beers, but it's one of those things where you know when you're on the road, you're thinking about what's the next thing I got to do? Yeah. And then some, at some point you want to break from all that. Yeah. But it, so you kind of have to remind yourself because it's easy to get lost in where the line is between taking a break and sort of, you know, between break and excess. Yeah. It's, and it's a very thin line. Right. And it's very easy to cross it. Um. So, I mean, it happens to everybody. Uh-huh. Everybody has the one, like last year on a, I had a six serve hams and I showed up at, I forget what we were shooting and I didn't tell you how what? sick I was on that shoot. Of what, like, what, what was this? This was last October and I had gone to a Halloween party and I ended up leaving the party early cause I had to shoot the next day, but I had shown up, you know, this party started at like seven. So, you know, four hours, you leave at like 11, 1130 to yeah. get home to wake up at 10 because we were carpooling. And, uh, the next day, I was nauseous the entire time, and while we were doing the um the front sh- the chase shots, I was struggling. Like I was just gonna be like, "Dude, pull pull over, pull over," but I'm just kind of like, uh, like it wasn't coming up or anything. I was just feeling like very like, mm, oh boy, you know? oh boy, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's you know, it's one of those things where like I kind of uh just sort of muscled through it by rote. You know, it's just something that you do when you've done it so many times that mm-hmm. you don't have to think about it. Yeah. But if I had been in that position and I have been in that position where you are like, I don't know if I could have done it either. Like if I had been like that messed up, if like, if it had just been a hangover, yeah, uh, it would have been one thing, but it was a hangover stacked on top of food poisoning, yeah, which is just bad times and insurmountable. And I think a lot of people would have understood mm-hmm. in that moment. Do you remember the car we were filming that day? I wish I did, but All I right. don't. Uh, and I'm trying to do the... Do you remember where we were? We were in Kutztown. All right. Yeah. And so... Well, we've done a lot in Kutztown. So. Yeah. And the video wouldn't have come out for like another few weeks after that. So okay. I'm trying to think. Um, well, if you think of it, you'll think of it. Yeah, I'll think of it. That's yeah. It's very tempting to just read this stream as it goes by. Hmm. Someone says Pedialyte, best hangover cure. See, this is how YouTube... Uh, this is how live stream things can go off the rails. When you, when you spend too much time uh, looking at the looking at the feed that goes by, yeah. Anyway, well, oh, sorry, what were you gonna ask? Uh, Stipe, Stipe versus yeah, versus Nagano. Rock'em sock'em robots. <laughs> Mm, that's gonna be that so was hype. it was quick to happen that was like a week they were like well i mean because you know i'm gonna get uh, my coffee uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. one of those things where uh you know naganu didn't get lit up so it's not like he has to take the same amount of time right, off right. that somebody else who was right. you know was in a war right you know throwing bombs would have to and so naganu he's that guy where like dana white needs like another connor and he, he needs, needs a connor yesterday like oh and he's already the odds-on favorite. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 I mean, now yeah. the thing is that like Stipe, he's one of those people who, you know, for whatever reason, he keeps pulling it out, but people keep downing him anyway in each subsequent fight of thinking that he's not going to be able to pull it off. So like, I'm hesitant it's, to say that Stipe, Stipe looks like, 
Stipe looks like a... <laughs> Stipe looks like... Stipe looks like a Circuit City manager. Huh. <laughs> He's like a white guy's white guy. Yeah. This guy can't fight. He looks like a guy who's worked at Circuit City for the past 18 years. It just looks like... I mean, you see him with his shirt off. It's like, okay. But if he's just like there in a sweatshirt, you're like, uh, I have a LG TV on layaway. Yeah. And then he just comes in and just outworks everybody. He's he's the guy that you go to at Circuit City to to ask to go check in the back to see if there are yeah. any more. And he'll go in the back, but he won't actually check. <laughs> yeah. He'll like go back, stand there, maybe like go out and have a smoke, come back. Yeah, no, we didn't have yeah. anything there. You know, because obviously he's done inventory. He knows what they have. Yeah. So he's just one of those guys who I imagine even before he uh, got big yeah. like in the UFC, that I could imagine a lot of guys at a bar uh, deciding like to try him mm -hmm. of just thinking, huh, I could take that guy. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, you know, they got the drunk muscles and yeah, they're thinking yeah. like, oh, let me do this. And, you know, now that's like the heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. And now he's going to go into the uh, octagon with one of the scariest man alive. <laughs> that man is walking Armageddon. It's just like he needs time. he needs the robe from that one Simpsons episode where Homer becomes a boxer yeah. and his opponent like Dredderick Tatum or something yeah. like that. His his uh his robe just says Mr. Armageddon on the back. Yeah. It's like I will I will make a orphan of its children. It's like <laughs> don't they have a mother? Yes. I would imagine she would die of grief. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, I mean I'm excited for that fight just because now the thing is that like it's not going to be the sort of uh, dry sort of wrestling affair. Right. Like going into it, you sort of know what you're getting as far as like, these are, you're expecting them to stand and bang, you know? Yeah, that's, yeah. And that's. The thing is, you can't bang against Naganu. Yeah. Like one of those hits, I said it before, he starts punching you in Alabama and here it comes. <laughs> so. Like, Rogan and all of them were saying that Stipe is going to have to... We're going to have to see what Nagano is going to do deep into a third round because he's never gone that far before in a UFC fight. Yeah. He's all he's just ended stuff. Wait, he had one that went to decision, but I forget what it was. Yeah, yeah, I don't... Yeah. yeah it's so he did, he did go the full four or five rounds depending on what the rules are for that particular contest. But, um, yeah, it's... You're going against someone with a lot of experience a lot of miles and a lot of brains not to say Nagano doesn't have that but you're going against what may be this miracle that yeah. that the UFC needs like if he if Nagano if Nagano beats Stipe by knockout and then defends his title once He's in. He's like set. He's, he's set. Even if it goes to decision, and like all he has to do is just win against him. Yeah. But there is this thing with Naganu that's similar to Connor. Like with Connor, you're just waiting for that big left hand. That's yeah. what you want. You're waiting for that payout. And the same deal with uh, Naganu. And and this is the weird thing about the fight is that if Naganu wins, he becomes. Theoretically, becomes a superstar. But yeah. If Stipe wins, like 
nothing happens to his stock. Right. Like he's right. more he's or less. Yeah. Yeah. He, well, I mean, but, but also for Stipe of like, n- does Stipe become any bigger of a star? If right. he beats Nagano, it's just, I don't know what it is about him that like, no one takes, is it, you know, the whole Cleveland thing of just like, you, you know, oh, we can't have people from Cleveland being superstars. But mm. it's one of those things of, uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just that, like, he's armored wallpaper of just like, oh, yeah, look at me. Yeah. Um, and for whatever reason, people just don't find him charismatic or whatever. But Nagano's charisma isn't, you know, promo or anything. It's no. just sort of like this stoicism, this right. uh, tough guy. This aura. mysterious past. Yeah. He's from Cameroon. Where is that? Yeah. He was homeless on the streets of Paris for a while. I feel like yeah. all the best, or all the biggest stars were homeless up to and <laughs> until right before they became stars. Like Connor being on food stamps. Yeah. Right before. Kimbo you know. Slice. Yeah. They, was he homeless? Oh, I don't know, but he was, you know, messing up dudes on the street. I remember mm. watching Kimbo Slice videos on the internet, uh, like even bef- might have been before you. Well, I don't mm. think it was before, but uh, that was always. I had my friend uh, Duncan uh, showing me, hey, hey, dude, you check this out. It's Kimbo Slice. Mm-hmm. This guy named Kimbo Slice who's just you know fighting dudes, and I'm <laughs> like, why are you? You know, <laughs> I'm just kind of uh, wondering why I'm being shown this, but right. it, it's weirdly compelling just right. watching guys get rocked and starched. Yeah, by- yeah. <sighs> And I think I remember, like, in, in my blasted out state, like, after we filmed The Neon, um, which we didn't finish, mm. I got some pictures, I got some engine shots, I got no panning shots, um, I hung out, talked, tried to be as jovial as I could, I kept apologizing, like, I'm sorry about this, I'm sorry about this, we're gonna, fi- we're gonna finish filming the car, at Chrysler Nationals this summer. They're going to that, and the car will be cleaned up. There were a few things the car needed fixing. The ABS isn't working. Uh, Only one speaker is working for the radio. Not that we ever need the radio for the shoot, but we did have this. I made this one um, uh, Twitter video where I get in the car. Like, I was in so much pain in that. I'm like rallied for this one thing to just put this burn CD that Justin Lose made um of uh bare naked ladies stunt you saw it that no. video oh uh, wait, no no that the most 90s uh yeah yeah th- yeah i did see first that. of yeah. all we did not plan that the, the the cd player took three tries to get it to recognize <laughs> a burn cd going into that it's like i don't know what this is what is technology mm. oh. <laughs> you have a 90s car and you got your first cd player off your compact presario you make your burn cd that you borrowed a friend cd and copied it and on your Memorex, and in it goes. I'm like, oh, it's not working. Oh, it needs a few tries. And then, it's been. Yeah, well, yeah then, let's queue up it's been. <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Mm. So, and and I was almost, if that video continued, I had to trim it down a little bit. You see the neon pulling away. I made a left turn, another left turn, and I was ready to open the door and just throw up on the ground after that. Yeah. And... And luckily, well, these guys drove two hours. It, it would have been worse if they came all the way here or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's a it was a purple neon too. It's like oh. like how nineties can you get? 
And uh, it did not, I don't think it had the Mitsubishi engine. I think it had the Chrysler 2.0 in that. So I didn't know that there were two versions of the engine that you could get in a first-gen Neon. I thought it was only the Mitsubishi uh, twin cam. But we opened the hood, we saw no engine cover at all, and it was just this metal valve cover that said 2.8 liter SOHC. So mm. that was some version of uh, a Chrysler 2 liter single overhead cam engine. Uh, it, it didn't have a distributor. It had four coil packs on the top, but it had a, a regular air box as opposed to uh, the the two liter double cam engine, which I think is Mitsubishi derived. Um, we'll learn more about this. Um, we're riding after this. Um, yeah. Although there's a different car from Dodge from the nineties that I think is the next thing to write about. Yeah. Big scary thing. Yep. Um, um, so one guy says, why do they always look like they're in a dorm room? I don't really have taste as far as, um, this futon I didn't pay for, that chair came from grandma's house. Oh, and one of the le- nice chair. One of the legs is broken, that's why it's so low. I just took all the other legs off. I never <laughs> would have sits, noticed. Now it sits like four inches lower than it does. Well it sits level with the futon. It's very nice. Yeah. Or the couch. Uh this futon came from my buddy Matt Walsh. Very nice. Alright. Oh, uh so this past week okay, so here's the thing. It's award season uh for film. And ever since I was 12 years old, I've been a total whore for award season film, you know, type thing. I would always watch up. I would always watch the uh, Oscar nominated movies with my mom Mm -hmm. in ahead of the uh, sort of Oscar nominations and the Oscars themselves. And this is before, you know, there were Oscar blogs that could help you sort of predict what was going to be nominated and all this other stuff. And before really understanding what awards uh, precursors sort of were yeah, uh, like all the critics groups, like we're at that point of the year where, you know, all the critics are starting to announce, you know, the Philadelphia society of film critics are all in on a uh, get out. Yeah. And yeah, uh, it's, yeah. it's to the point where I'm starting to think like, maybe it could win, which maybe would be the win. earliest uh, best picture winner since Silence of the Lambs in 1991, which was released in February of that year. And yeah. somehow like nothing else came out that could beat it. Right. Even though you had like Beauty and the Beast and JFK and all the rest of it. But mm. anyway, now in earnest begins like going to see the movies that I think are in the running. Mm-hmm. And so last night I took my mom to see uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri, which is from Martin McDonough, who did uh, In Bruges. You ever see In Bruges? No. Uh, it also did Seven Psychopaths. He was basically a former playwright who became a filmmaker. And so his films are very like dialogue it's it's kind of almost tarantino-esque in how it's dialogue driven in a way but also very you know uh character driven as well and it's basically about this woman played by francis mcdormand whose daughter is murdered and she basically pays for three billboards outside her hometown to uh question why the police aren't haven't found anything yet and what's interesting is it has my favorite Woody Allen or Woody Allen, Woody Harrelson performance in a while because mm. I love the character, you know, because it's a fully three dimensional character because he's the police chief mm-hmm. who she's accusing of not making any arrests. But, you know, it's not black and white like he wants to find the killer. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's nothing 
to, there's no the DNA doesn't match anybody in the system. You know, there aren't any witnesses. It's like there's only so much that he can realistically do. But because this movie is kind of about closure, mm-hmm. uh, it's all about sort of she doesn't really care that about the logistics of police investigation mm-hmm. and uh, and you don't really blame her for it either because mm-hmm. she's kind of still processing the grief because it hasn't even been a year yet right um and i don't know there's all the performances are wonderful sam rockwell's in it who oh love, love sam rock love ever sam since rockwell. moon yeah yeah he's fantastic actor and i think he's going to be up for best supporting actor and he might actually win too provided that there isn't this uh surge for willem dafoe in the florida project mm. um who like i've been amped about willem dafoe potentially finally getting an oscar ever since he was nominated I think like 16 years ago for Shadow of the Vampire. I think that was his last nomination huh. um, where he played uh, the guy who was Nosferatu. Okay. Like basically, it was a movie about movie making. But he's uh, Sam Rockwell is this sort of racist, homophobic cop. And it's a wonderful character arc for him. Okay. Like it's one of my favorite arcs for somebody in a film. And it's just a. Uh, such a vividly drawn character and i don't know my my i don't think it's a masterpiece by any means uh but there's a lot in the movie that suggests you know it's it, it could get a screenplay oscar okay. for its screenplay and it's one of those interesting things that um i'm kind of wondering along the lines of you know your Blade Runner 2049s of the world. I think um, that has a chance as far as visuals, maybe. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of practical effects. Um, all the water in the climax of that movie mm. was um, real. They had their, well, it's a wave pool, but it's this gigantic wave pool that I saw like Adam Savage went to it and talked about it because he's a big Blade Runner fan. I love um, practical effects so yeah. much. Did you get a chance to see Blade Runner? Yeah. I have not, but uh, I... Well, yeah, it's pretty much out of all theaters. You'd have to wait for it to... It'll be out soon on the media, home media because, I mean, not to sort of, you know, put it down, but like it really didn't do that well nope. in theaters. And so I think they're going to kind of make the push to get it out sooner rather than later on home media so they can kind of... Don't you know, do a live chat, you tool. If you're gonna ignore the chat, just do a podcast. You pocket big tag me. I like your icon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, people can blame about anything, but mm, I don't know. It was kind of a nice um, distraction from mm-hmm. other things uh, because I had been editing the uh, Christmas video, mm-hmm. like the for the the music video for the Christmas song mm. this year, which is funny because it's the second year in a row where I ended up recording the vocal while I was sick. So mm. like, I think I sound like shit. Like my, <laughs> my friend thinks I sound fine. Like my friend who's playing my girlfriend in the music video, mm-hmm. like she thinks it sounds fine, but it's one of those things where, you know, I know what I'm supposed to sound like. Yeah. And even, you know what I'm supposed to sound like, you know, it, it's fine, but right. it's, uh, but then, you know, last year's Christmas song was Drifting in the Snow, but I didn't yeah. make a music video for it. Right. Um, and that's like my favorite Christmas song uh, that I've done because it takes a year for 
the Christmas songs that I write to actually sound like Christmas songs to me. Mm. And so like drifting in the snow, sort of like now that I listen back to it, I'm like, oh, that's really, you know, like it takes me back. Mm-hmm. Um, the same way, like regular Christmas, like takes mm-hmm. me back in a very weird way. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I don't know, like this song that's coming out, um, soon, uh, maybe tomorrow, uh, cause the video is pretty much done, mm-hmm. uh, is, I don't know. It's festive ish, but yeah. I think it's going to take a year before it like really gets there to feeling like a proper Christmas song. Yeah. Uh, and it's to the point where, you know, I started doing Christmas songs as like a joke and mm-hmm. now it's become like this weird RCR tradition. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I have fun doing it and I hope people enjoy it, but, uh, they will. Yeah. yeah, even if they don't, it's fine. I'm going to keep doing them anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's anything else sort of going on because uh golden globe nominations like came out and blade runner 2049 didn't get anything Mm. but granted they don't have tech categories like visual effects okay so it kind of makes sense but there was like an off chance that there would be screenplay or something the irony is that like ridley scott was up for best director but you know he didn't do blade runner 2049 i know but like the idea that he was nominated but the sequel to one of his most famous movies wasn't right uh I actually got five out of five on my uh, best picture predictions for drama. Yeah. And the, uh, cause it was three billboards, uh, the shape of water, the post and, and just other stuff like stuff that's not out yet mm-hmm. because they do the whole like in select cities to qualify for the Oscars. But then, you know, nationwide it's going to be in january like after nominations come out so that everybody can go see what okay things are. yeah i it's, gotcha it's a very annoying process but you know hmm. eh, it is what it is i'm gonna be down in jacksonville florida over christmas so i'm not gonna be able to i don't know if we're all gonna go and, and see the star wars movie or not I'm seeing that on there. I got uh, the tickets for the opening night fan event and I'm taking my nephew. Oh yeah. Uh, Cause he's never been to like an opening night premiere showing and that oh. and, like, I think kids are kind of jerks. So I don't want him to get spoiled by somebody else who yeah. sees it first. So I'm just like, no, we're, we're seeing this first. I, uh, I am going to take you to see this thing and it's going to be great because I am amped. I'm so <laughs> hype. United States of hype. <laughs> I've never, I went to see the first of the prequels when it came out and that I enjoyed going to it more than I enjoyed seeing the movie. <laughs> like everybody was so excited that this thing was happening and then we all walk out of the movie like we just saw our mother naked. <laughs> <laughs> That's the perfect way of describing it. No, granted, like, I was 13, so, like, I thought it was fine. Like, I didn't, uh-huh. for me, again, it was kind of like the experience of going was yeah. cooler than the movie itself, but yeah. I was fine with the movie. Attack of the Clones was where it kind of, like, changed, where yeah. I was like, eh, that was, like, the experience of going there was cool, um, yeah. but, eh? But if you ever see this, there's this video online called How Star Wars Was Saved in the Edit. And it's from Rocket Jump, which is uh, huh. Freddie Wong's uh, yeah. channel. And it's a fantastic video that sort of explains how Star Wars, the Star original Wars, one, uh, uh, A New Hope, a new hope was essentially, you know, this 
unwatchable mess of a movie until Marsha Lucas, yeah. uh, George Lucas's wife at the time, essentially, and her team of editors, like, came yeah. in and basically rescued that thing from the scrap heap simply by, like, shuffling, reshuffling scenes. Because, like, our first introduction to Luke... Are, is this series of deleted scenes where he's on Tatooine, like watching the opening space battle through his weird binoculars. Oh. And he's like, huh, come on, uh, let's go, blah, blah, blah. And then he's, they keep intercutting with like the Imperials talking about, you know, the Death Star and everything. And uh, he, him talking to like his friends about how like he wants to get off the planet and all this other stuff, like just these really boring scenes. And so they just dump all that and just move everything forward yeah. and make, our introduction to Luke be when like the droids are being sold. Yeah. But also the weird thing is that the climax there's uh, when they're going to destroy the death star, yeah. the rebels um, in the final version of the film, they're trying to destroy the Death Star while the Death Star is, like, moving in on uh, the Rebel base yeah. and preparing to fire on it. But in George Lucas's rough cut, like, there's no... They're not about to fire on the Rebel base. Like, really? There, so there's no urgency. The Rebels uh. are literally just going to go kill some people. And, yeah. you know, and Marshall Lucas was like... No, there needs to be like an immediate threat. Yeah. And so if you go back and watch the movie, you notice that every time they mention that the Death Star is getting closer, no one on screen is doing is actually saying it. It's off screen oh. inserts of just like Death Star approaching location, you know, or uh, approaching rebel base, you know, yeah. off screen. And then the rebels being like Death Star is getting closer. You know, we, you know, yeah. it, and just them looking nervous and sort of hoping that, you know. That and also like Luke makes two passes on the Death Star trench because he misses the first time. Yeah. And they're just like, screw that. Like, we're just going to have him use the force and it's going to yeah. be great. And it's just it's just so many little things. And it's mind boggling that it ever got to the point where wow. the, it, it, it just shows how important editing is and how great a good editor is at shaping stories, you know? Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, it, and it's a fascinating video. And I think everyone yeah. should check it out that's my recommendation for the day but and you saw the disaster artist i did not i, I want to but you went and saw the room yeah the i saw room. i did see I, I saw none of those two things well i mean it's it's weirder the more i think about it in that i think uh and i've heard a lot of good things about the disaster artist from people mm -hmm. and uh even though every time i see the trailer i don't think james franco's tommy we seems that good mm -hmm. but that's kind of a moot point because like who really can do Tommy Wiseau mm -hmm. as long as he kind of looks the part, I yeah. guess it's fine, but it's another one of those, uh, movies that, uh, are about filmmaking that I kind of like. I yeah. like movies that are about movies. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's, I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing that eventually. Mm -hmm. It's just a scheduling thing, I guess, mm -hmm. um, because there wasn't a place playing it last mm. night um it was we were either gonna see three billboards or ladybird which is another like pretty much lock for best picture nomination mm -hmm. but i think uh i don't know i i remember reading that uh people coming out of screenings of the disaster artists like preview screenings yeah like their number one comment on their little comment cards was that they didn't believe it was a true story really <laughs> which i think is <laughs> hilarious because that in a way 
you couldn't make up a guy like Tommy Wiseau. Yeah. You know, he's, uh, if he were invented by a screenwriter, you'd get thrown out. Yeah, yeah. Too unbelievable, but yeah. Well, there are some people on the edges of society like that who aren't in the same reality as us. Yeah. I mean, occasionally you meet them at car shows who claim that their vehicle has a special performance package that was really rare that never happened. Hmm. And, you know, it, it's all in like the early 90s stuff where stuff really wasn't as documented as it was. Now, of course, you'll never see a guy like this at a dyno day. Yeah, put it on the dyno, see what it does. Yeah. I mean, that was sort of what car culture was in the 90s and late 90s when there wasn't really a easy way to just you know double check does this thing really exist you sort of had to take people's word for it you know and back in 60s and the 70s it was all mechanical it was like well does it have this cam or this uh or this carburetor not that you couldn't see the camshaft and you know the internals of a carburetor are hidden but you can kind of guess like there wasn't that wide of parts and we didn't really have this mysterious place called japan (laughs) where where stuff was capable of things other than just throwing you know larger cfm carburetors at the problem and uh where am i going with this people on the edges of society anyway my point is that there's lots of liars out there yeah uh Bet you didn't expect to see Mr. Regular's... Oh, there. Yeah, thank you. Oh, what? Do you have a bulge? <laughs> it's my pants. I'm not really that endowed. Or am I? <laughs> uh, or maybe I should just stop sitting this way. If only it could get me a date! <laughs> uh, I mean, dates are overrated. Yeah. Um... Just because it's kind of, I don't know. Um, I'm really not good at dating. I, nope. I think I'm, there, there's in season four of BoJack, there is this amazing internal monologue that is pretty much the internal monologue of someone with anxiety mm-hmm. or depression of like, you're such a piece of shit. Why are you da- like, why would you say that to somebody? And mm-hmm. he's just saying like some innocuous thing of like, mm-hmm. oh, blah, blah, blah. It, it's just amazing. And I think it's kind of, uh, how I feel on dates of yeah. just like everything you're saying is wrong. Stop yeah. saying it. Yeah. Um, how did you even get this date in the first place? Yeah. And blah, blah, blah. And I don't know. And it's funny because it's, I think at the end of the day, as long as you sort of carry yourself a certain way, you should be fine. But it's the getting to the point where you can carry yourself that way right. of believing, you know, because then you get to the conversations of, all right, well, what do you do for a living? And then I'm thinking of the dialogue tree and where that goes of like, okay, what can I say that doesn't result in another question? What can I say that doesn't sound like I'm bragging that? Yeah. uh, that And that's hard. That's hard in the business we're in because if you say like, Oh, automotive, like I say, I'm an automotive journalist. Oh, well, then that leads to a million questions. Who do you write for? Who do you write for? Well, I kind of write for my... And then, it be, and then you answer the uh, the YouTube questions. Yeah. So how do you make... get... so? And then the, and occasionally this comes up, how much money do you make? And the answer is, enough. look, I'm not... I'm not, uh, Enough. Yeah. Enough that I can have a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can live. My bills are paid. That's all that really matters. Right. Like, I'm... Um, well, and I'm paying for this dinner. Like, just... Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly we're fine um yeah like i was talking to allison the other day and it was about dating and 
she said, you know, Brian, when I've talked to you, you often respond monosyllabically. <laughs> you, and it sounds like you don't care about being here or this conversation. And my answer is, or was, or maybe I thought it. I think I just said, oh, because, you know, it was just, you know, on Facebook Messenger. Yeah. And, but I, I like, oh, I do that. I just say, yeah, yeah, well, that's cool. Oh, no way. Nice. Yeah, I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> but that's all I say, because if I said what I was really thinking, you'd be disgusted. Mm. But yeah. that's that's the game that every man plays. Yeah, of figuring out sort of where the line is, especially now of I don't like when I met Allison, like part of the reason that we became such good friends is because she reminds me a lot of me at the same point. Mm. You know, it's it's that same sort of, you know, bubbly but like sarcastic, weird attitude. And uh, but like in a good way, you know, and but even then recognizing a certain, you know, similarity or a kinship, it, I was still wondering, like, what can I say that or how far can I go in joking yeah. to where I'm not going to be interpreted as someone who's like trying to, you know, turn this into a freaking Harvey Weinstein situation. You know, right. I don't. I don't want to come across as that guy that someone's going to go on Twitter with a story about, Yeah, you know, and because I understand how easily situations can turn that way. You know, I had this really fat teacher <laughs> in elementary school. And I remember thinking, how does she wipe herself? <laughs> that ass, <laughs> Yeah. That has her her both ass cheeks have different exchange numbers. Or, or like <laughs> they live in different area codes. Yeah, yeah, no, like that. Like, how does she wipe herself? Like, how much? Because all right, this is elementary school. If there's one thing I've learned, it's that long division sucks. But I can wipe myself now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Dad, wipe my butt. You know, there's <laughs> and God forbid that teacher had kids that went to that school because then he'd be yeah. getting your mama's so fat she takes a dump with the seat up like, <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I never heard that one i i well i mean i said it but i i made it up and then i was convinced that no i couldn't have made it up because i'm sure i've heard that somewhere before yeah but i don't even know like that's one of those things of like crypto amnesia of wondering like did i really make this up and yeah. so now i gotta go to google make sure it's not somewhere yeah uh, like that Garfield line about, you know, the, um, what was it? The the money can't buy popularity, but can, can oh, yeah. rent it. Yeah. Um, which wasn't even really That a was Garfield. like 1890 or something. Yeah, it was yeah. something. It was farther back than that. It was yeah. like Garfield using it from something else. My favorite Yo Mama So Fat joke comes from Jeff Foxworthy, yeah. uh, who said, Your mama's so fat when she walks across the living room, the radio skips. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Jeff, I think that might be the first time I've laughed at a Jeff Foxworthy joke. Now, Grant, I actually know because uh, there were some decent, you know, you're a redneck wins. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, but he's he's a comic with bits. And the thing is that, like, I don't typically go for comics who have bits, like established bits where yeah. people are going to see them do the thing. Yeah. Of just, you know, and that's something that 
is always been sort of a bucket list thing of t- like to try stand up comedy. But I realize like stand up comedy isn't really something you just try. Yeah. You know, because the likelihood of bombing is far higher. Yeah. Like for open mics for music, like I'm not really worried about it because yeah. I bombed before and uh, I'm over it. Yeah. But for stand up comedy, there's nothing there but the silence if you're That's not a getting good line. it right. Yeah. yeah. It's just the m- sort of the idea of, you know, I hope you think I'm funny, but just know that if you don't think I'm funny, it's going to crush me. Crazy violent 69 doesn't think I'm going to see the comment. <laughs> Some of these are just fun just to say in that Mr. Regular has a good face. I like to look at it. Oh yeah, for people. Can anybody share moments when you were blown away by an unexpected view of a personality mismatch or a car and its owner or owners? When are you coming to Portugal? It's kind of like Spain, but good. Reviewed some Ford executives. Uh, hi content time review my tr7 content southward car museum for new zealand trip please i wear a brown shirt you both english majors you single-handedly got me in the cars cheer fellow weirdos what is the worst color for a car the answer is white or black Mm. the worst color for a car is white or black and they're both for the same reason a a white shows dirt black shows dirt mm. um neither one of them black will always look kind of okay even if the car gets a little bit rusty but the second you scratch a black car you've scratched the black paint and beneath the black paint is the gray primer which just pops out yeah you could scratch a white car and it's not going to look that bad um because it's just gray primer underneath um the problem with white is that there's always different shades of white mm-hmm. and black is just black as i mean some people mix black with purple or some sparkle or something in that that but um now I'm, I'm, I'm talking gloss black flat black is a different thing uh flat black is the the cheater's color <laughs> because You've now locked it in. If you paint a car flat black, it's now the best it will ever look is six and a half out of ten. It will always look that way. But you're like it's it's the automotive equivalent or automotive paint equivalent of going ugly early. It's like <laughs> we're doing that. Flat white is flat white. It looks like the car was stolen <laughs> or yeah. something because uh, flat white looks like a cheap apartment's kitchen, <laughs> like because uh, that's the color. Of everything, uh, everything, um, but the second you take a white car out, like the MR2 is Toyota Super White, the second you take that out, all the dust is suddenly visible yeah. everywhere. Black car, not so much, um, but black cars in the winter, you might as well just not wash them. Uh, the salt immediately is everywhere. It was like that with Sally. Um, uh, it was like that with my Dodge Neon that someone found a picture of somewhere. I posted it to Twitter. The mm. the unseen pictures of my 2000 Dodge Neon. My first, like the first release of the uh, second uh, uh, second generation Dodge Neon. And uh, there we go. 
Remember when this was called Sit Indian Style? Yeah. Yeah. Every, okay. Everybody go to the go to the gym. We have an assembly today. Man, that was in the 90s when school had money and you had all these pointless assemblies. <laughs> yeah. Stupid, stupid stuff. And some of some of them were fundraisers. I remember that in yeah. elementary school. We've got to sell this candy. It's not a fundraiser. It's a fundraiser. <laughs> and you're like, okay. To, to you, it's like different homework. And I'm like, I have to sell this thing? I'm seven. Yeah. What the frick is this? And then you win prizes. I'll bet you'd like to have a... Oh, uh, what could you win? Like this, like this uh, pencil topper. <laughs> you just, it's you know, you get... I guess super balls, like uh, organizers. Some. It's all stuff that's going to get confiscated if you bring it to school. Well, anyway, anyway yeah. yeah, it's just you know, here, bought ma, buy a bunch of these magazines. Like I know you don't really. I haven't discovered a love of reading yet because I'm six. And also, you know, dad has plenty of stuff to read on the can. But <laughs> buy these magazines anyway. Yeah. Here, you'll get like 12 months at a discount for, you know, sports. Num- number garden. one USA Sports Network. Yeah. The magazine. Like yeah. magazines that you only ever hear about in magazine fun gr- fund fundraisers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's kind of so you had to sit on the hardwood floor of the gym, or in my case, uh, my elementary school had a carpeted gym, mm. um, which was great for sitting on, bad for everything else. Mm. Basketballs didn't bounce properly on it. <laughs> if you fell down, you'd rip a hole in your sweatpants that you're wearing to school that day because it's gym day. Yeah. Of course, I also remember in elementary school, we'd have to know you'd have to know ahead of time if you got the playground today because. We had a playground, but it wasn't big enough for all three classes. All three uh, uh, um, elementary school classes. I think like fourth and fifth graders got released together. Um, Third and second graders got released together. First graders, I think, by themselves. I I can't remember. Anyway, even in odd days... Uh, your class would get the playground. The rest of them had to go out in the field hmm. and just run around in the field. Hmm. So, so if you had the playground, you'd have to wear to remember. You'd have to remember to wear fast pants. Yeah. You couldn't wear jeans because if you wore jeans, they would grip the slide. Sweatpants would slide on the slide. You'd go faster. You couldn't play squeeze the lemon. You'd get in trouble if you play squeeze the lemon squeeze on the tube. Yeah, on the tube slide. That's where one person would go down the tube slide and stay at the end of the tube slide. Yeah. Then another person would slide down the slide, try to knock them on the ground. Oh, slide. I think you also could call it smear the queer, but you know, I don't use that word anymore. I think that's a, a different game. Yeah, yeah. I uh, think that's just beating someone up. <laughs> like, I think that's literally <laughs> what it is. I'm, Let's get him! I'm just, I'm, 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 and which is terrible now of, like, man, they did some messed up stuff when we were yeah, kids. Yeah, that was in the know. 90s. Do you, remember, do you remember Flinch? Flinch was where you got a tennis ball and, like, people stood up against the, the side of the school and you threw the tennis ball as, as fast and hard as you could near someone's head. And if you flinched, you were out. Huh. 
Sort so, sort of like Charlie McDennis, where he has the what? hand on the wall. What's Charlie McDennis? It's um, it's from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh. It's this game that they created for when they're drunk. It's mm. like a board game, and basically, you know, there's this part where like you have to have your hand against the dart board, and you know, you can't flinch. And basically, like the dart goes right through Dennis's hand, and he doesn't flinch at all. Like just no reaction. <laughs> um, but yeah, Charlie McDennis, the game of games. <laughs> Someone just someone named Obi Wan Kenobi says needs a higher ground. Other people are quoting lines we said from the videos. One guy says you guys should have fan submissions and show them. Fan submissions like submitting what? I had this. We did a fan episode this time last year. Yeah, it it didn't go over jokes. It didn't go over. I mean, it was just too long. That's what I think. Yeah, but like it's not. I don't know. We tried it. It's fine. Hmm. I kind of want to do what uh, Matt Happel does. He does a fan mail stream, but he got a uh, P.O. box Mm. and people just mail him stuff and he talks about it. But I worry that if I did that, I'd be just doing it for the stuff, Mm. which would be make me feel bad in two ways. One, I don't deserve stuff. And two, what if I get stuff and I don't like it? And then on camera, I have to pretend to like it. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you just have like a visceral reaction on camera and you can't hide it of like, hey, you know, the, the, hey, you, you mentioned you, you this did a, thing. You did a joke about bad dragon once. Let me send him a like, big dildo yeah. <laughs> or like that. The, the Ninja Someone 50 was, that came out. Like, first of all, sticker on it. Would that be violating YouTube policy? Of what? Of yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure someone does fleshlight reviews on YouTube. Yeah. Because um, I could have sworn, I like, I saw this YouTube video of, like, going behind the scenes of how Angela White's fleshlight got made, which I'm just thinking, wow. that's, huh. Don't know if it's still up there, but, <laughs> uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. But it's, yeah, I, and also, you know, you don't know if someone's going to send you something crazy. Right. Know, of just... I've seen enough episodes of Unsolved Mysteries about bombs getting mailed, but no, which again, you know, you know, yeah, knock on it? metal. That's wood. Yeah, there yeah. we go. It's good. Uh, but hey, you know, you've gotten some pretty cool stuff in the past, like the New Zealand goodies. The uh, thing about that is that it's so different. Like uh, Juliet Johnson, who we're gonna hang out with down there, um, she they they don't get Kool Aid, and hmm. so she just and I just sent her the three packets. And, uh, um, um, she opened the pack and she's just like, it's just this much. And this is supposed to make four liters of stuff. Cause it was all measured out in quarts and they were like, uh, having to do the conversion. Yeah. Like how many quarts does this stuff like, like, really, this makes that much. And I said in the thing, like, there's no sugar in Kool-Aid in the packets. I think you can buy it with sugar in it in like the bigger things, but yeah. traditional Kool-Aid is just that little packet yeah. and you just add sugar to taste. And and then she just eats a chunk like this big, mm. like the chunk of a razor, just raw Kool-Aid. And you see her face contort <laughs> and she goes into her hands. Her whole tongue is bright red. Yeah. Did anybody in, because uh, they did it at Kutztown, did anybody at Penn State, Maine ever put Kool-Aid in a fountain? No. I've oh, never, okay. I've never seen that before. Did they ever do Mr. Bubble in a fountain? Now that I... I've seen not at Penn State, but in high school. Yeah. So in some places where they would just like throw some kind of soap that would just kind of yeah. Uh, yeah. 
it's kind of a I, I think um, there's this impulse to sort of put things in water just for yeah. lulls. I rode a bicycle into a fountain in college. <laughs> I I had this uh, mountain bike that I got good at doing bunny hops on it. I couldn't do tricks, but I could. Oh, I can get both wheels off the ground. So I was riding it around, and someone says, "I dare you to ride that into the fountain," and now it's on. Yeah, because it was a fountain that just just higher up than what the ground was. It was similar to the fountain. It was similar to the fountain lady fountain at the at the uh, um, why I'm missing mall. Remember oh, the yeah, fountain Berkshire at the late? Yeah. Oh, did I say? Oh, wait, oh, wait. wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Berkshire they, Mall. Yeah, yeah. There's one at the end. Yeah. Yeah, where the fountain lady walked in, like back in 2007. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that, <laughs> I just love that of the many things representing my area, <laughs> that that just made the cut of just some woman. And I didn't she take like action against the mall? Yeah. For not, I, I don't know. Like, there's a lot of stupid people in this. And area. then they found out that she had like a warrant out for arrest for like shoplifting or yeah. something like that. Like, I love, I love my hometown and everything. And there's a lot of great people here, but there's like also a lot of really stupid people here too. Uh, yeah which is i mean but that's like true of anywhere um, yeah, yeah you know there's going to be a lot of wonderful great people and there's going to be a lot of people who you know they need common sense legislated because they can't do it themselves right you know? um, that's a good line yeah. people who need common sense legislated well the thing about this video is since it's streaming straight up we don't really have a time limit yeah i think we've gone for like an hour and a half here have we, it feel, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it just feels longer because I think it's we're at an hour now because I think we started at like one thirty and it's two thirty yeah, now. Does Open Broadcaster tell you how long you've gone so far? Uh, we've been live for an hour and four minutes. Nice. Oh. Um so yeah, find some questions. I'm going to read the chat. Oh, uh, I got some questions here. Okay, go ahead. All right, so, well, first off, if you want to ask questions, go to our subreddit, r slash regular car reviews. Uh, there will be an Ask RCR thread. Um, if you don't see it at the top, just search for it. It'll be there. Um, what are your thoughts on the R34 GTR, and do you consider it worthy of the hype that it gets from young car enthusiasts? I think it's... I've never driven one. I've never driven a Skyline. I've driven something with a... I've driven cars with 1J and 2J engines in them. I think they're very nice engines. And um, I think they're great if you like all your power in the high, mid, to top. Um, the LS does it more for me because I like the grunt at the low end. Um, I think the LS... Uh, or I think the 1J and 2J is a very beautiful engine. It's 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 very nice to look at. Uh, it presents itself well within the engine bay. Um, do they deserve their hype? Well, I mean, you can get a lot of power out of that engine. It's. I think you know if I say the LS deserves the hype because I think it does, then a 1J and 2J equally deserves the hype. Um, the only difference is it takes more money to get power out of a 1J or 2J than it does for an LS. But that's just for the virtue of us being here in the United States where LSs are like Cheerios and um, uh, 1J and 2Js are like uh, 
um, hidden treasures cereal. <laughs> if I go back to like 2001 or 1998, whenever that cereal came out, uh, was there any other parts to that question? Nah, <laughs> not really. Just if it was worthy of the hype that it gets. Yeah, sure. Form. I mean, I mean, it, it's going to get more hype because it's a bit of forbidden fruit, and they haven't existed for for since for for forever. Um, I'll have a better opinion uh, when I drive um, one when I get my hands on one. Uh, I drove something recently that has a highly tuned 2J with a big, big turbo on it, and um, it was nigh on uncontrollable for me, mm. um, to even in a straight line. Now, when you see this car, you're going to go, oh, that car. <laughs> you're like, okay. Yeah, it, yeah it, had, it had a 2J. Yeah, it was tuned. But look what it was trying to pull. Looks look what car it was in. Yeah. Uh, oh, I've been corrected. I, I, I we were talking about skylines, and I, I made the mistake. Thank thank you uh, for correcting me in in the chat because I talked about skylines, and I immediately said the Toyota engine. Ah, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm wrong. You're right. It happens. We're we're talking about the art, and we're talking about the Nissan series. Yeah. Sorry about that, right. but I maintain my position. Yeah, it's also uh, it's 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 the same approach, mm. right? Uh, this one. What is your attitude towards General Motors? Because I've noticed there seemed to be a lot of unfounded hate towards it on the internet. And could you ever see yourself owning a GM vehicle? Yes. I could see myself owning a Chevrolet SS. That's a very expensive car right now. Mm. What was the first part of the question? Oh, uh, just um, the the uh, the attitude. What is your attitude towards General Motors? Fine. I make fun of them because they're on the top of the heap. Yeah. Uh, they're the biggest a conglomerate i don't know if toyota worldwide is larger but at least in the united states it's big daddy general motors yeah. um general motors can do a lot of dumb stuff and have plenty of money left over for covering up in a way ford doesn't um but yeah uh, gm we hate a lot on them because 80s and 90s general motors interiors were just junk and because you look back at what they did in the 60s and even in the 70s, the interiors were really nice. And just by the time 80s rolled around, it's just like, we don't feel like being innovative anymore. We're still making the 350, even though Ford was doing the same thing with the Windsor block. Uh, but then name me a good, okay, Porsche, a good 80s interior. Right, Toyotas and Nissans and Mitsubishis were very nice interiors yeah. in the 80s. So, you know, I, I make fun of General Motors because there's a lot to make fun of in, in, in a way in a way that Ford sometimes has to try harder, but um, I try to be as even-handed as I can. Yeah. Um, and But, yeah, I mean, GM cars that I really, really liked, I mean, I really liked the Grand National, though, Eh, now that I see it's a kind of complex. I mean, the, the Buick 3.8 uh, V6 was good, um, but there there are better ways for power. Like after uh, I, a lot of roads lead back to Matt Happel, but seeing how cheaply LSs can be put into everything and how much power they make for almost no money. Okay. Um, wow, that's really, really, really is the way to go. 
And then would I buy a Cadillac XLR? No. <laughs> Why? Just to have it. We got a question here that sounds good, Mister Regular. Uh, seeing you review different motorcycles, but no lightweight inline triples. Well, I did. I did a Triumph. Uh, I think you'd like the motor. Discuss, please. I, I think I'd like to get my hands on a, on a speed triple or something like that. Um, I, I have nothing against British bikes. I've never ridden a Bonneville. I'd like to do that. Um, are you guys planning another trip to uh, Europe? Not at this moment. It's not out of the question, but not at this moment. Yeah, I just think after New Zealand, I'm not going to want to think about going anywhere for a while. Yeah. Just because yeah. that's going to be such a long trip and so far. So far. Um, far away. It'll be nice on the way. Um, we didn't lock down all the cars. We, we I only have one confirmed car wow. uh, that we're doing. And we're a month away. <laughs> I really need to call Caswell and Andrew Lamb. Uh, Light the beacons for Gondor. Yeah. Just, uh, to find a place to film, although they say down there it's very, very lax. No one cares. Just film wherever you want. You don't have to hide yeah. things. I need to get a haircut. I Lately, I've been very self-conscious about my hair loss, which you can see. I've been talking about that a lot. There's where it is. There's where it's thinning. And um, you can't stop the march of time. 36. Mm. It's like it's like something that's out of your control. Like I go to the gym more. I'm, I'm you know, I beat food poisoning uh by the end, pretty much by the end of that day. Yeah. Uh, I was better. Like after I took a nap after that film shoot, I was done. But, you know, like losing your hair is is a thing that's out of control. Like you, there's you don't have a choice in this. This is genetics. Well, you can always go to Bosley and get the hair what's bosley they're they're like the hair implant people and then it's your hair you can wash it you can cut it you know it's real hair and i don't know how Mm. Uh, but you know the all sorts of wizardry now they sell rogaine over the counter and like my hair is thinning really badly but i mean i wear and you'd say like wearing hats like you heard that don't really have anything to do with it no yeah but it just sort of like people say like because yeah, it's uh, what what is like male hair loss is a form of alopecia where the the the, the follicles just die, yeah. and they they always die in the same place. I'm thankful I don't have a bald spot. I'm thankful for that that it's thinning in the front. And yeah, if I buzz this down to really short, you can't tell. Yeah, and that's probably what I'm gonna. Wow, look at that! Look at that line that just goes right there. You know, my mom says, oh, don't buzz it. You have lots of hair. It's beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, but all I see is this. And also, you're my mom. Like, yeah, you're yeah, supposed yeah, to. yeah. I'm always going to be handsome in your eyes. But <laughs> right. I'm actually out here on these mean streets <laughs> trying to meet <laughs> right. somebody. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, you don't know what it's like out here in the game. Yeah. You ain't been in the game since... And by the way, mom, you dye your hair. So what's, yeah. I mean, what mom doesn't. Right. It's just, it's back to life. I I would much rather have gray hair than than not have it. Full head of gray hair would be awesome. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, and uh, last question is, they say never meet your heroes. Was there ever a car that you loved that when you reviewed it, you realized you really dislike it? And vice versa, is there a car you thought you would hate that you ended up loving? Uh, I thought I would hate the Honda Accord wagon, <laughs> and I end up loving that thing. Yeah, the, the five-speed Honda Accord wagon from '92. Yeah, man, that thing was awesome. 
That was great. I thought about buying one, like replacing, because at the time we were thinking about replacing uh, Silicon Sally. I'm like, this thing is really nice. But, you know, I wanted to see what the Subaru thing was uh, going to be about. Now, was one thing, like when I was out in Pittsburgh, you know, recovering, it's like, man, they got snow back here on the east side. And I had the Subaru. I can't use it yet. I got four all seasons on the Subaru, a full, full uh, spare on that thing. I'm ready to rock in this winter. Just bring it on. Yeah. Um, are you planning to make different content like the radio video? What radio video? Are you talking about the uh, the Weather Channel one? Because I'll do another one of those. I thought he hated the AE6, but he ended up loving it. Well, I was doing a bit there. Yeah. I mean, I, I was so excited to drive an AE, a real AE86, but I think the hype surrounding that car is way too much than it deserves. Uh, uh, 4AG engines are nice for what they were in the period, but they don't make power. They don't make, like, get get your head that these things make power. Yeah, um, the Gen 4 swaps, the JDM Gen 4 swaps do make power. Um, but that's far and away what the original 4A, 4GE engines, I think those blocks crack at 250 horsepower or something like that. Um, and at one of the car meets, I think I've mentioned this a number of times before, we did review, uh, or I got a chance to do it. Yeah, we didn't review it. It was a USDM uh uh, GTS Corolla that was turned into a uh, Truino. Uh, it had individual throttle bodies. It had just open, uh, just open uh, velocity stacks. That thing revved like crazy, but when it was revving, it wasn't making any power. You had to get at that thing over five grand for it to actually start to move. I'm like, this is a whole lot of fun, but it, it's, it's, a, it's a gutless engine. It, it was very nice. It, it makes a wonderful sound. But get fast engine out of it. it. It was a early high revving engine. Um, I have no hate for it, but understand what the 4AGE is. Um, it's your typical high revving thing. And Honda can do the same amount of power with one camshaft instead of two. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I guess. That, was there I, any other questions? No, nah, nah, not really. I think that's a podcast. I think that's a podcast. For our first uh, live stream. I mean, yep. you know, uh, I guess we're going to go clean this up on, for posting on Shout Engine, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play, Podcast mm. Addict. Yep. Um, Just search regular car reviews uh, rather than RCR podcast, mm -hmm. because, uh, for whatever reason, it doesn't show up in the search engine. If you just type RCR podcast. Yeah. So it's gotta be the full thing, but, yeah. um, you know, help us trend, yeah, subscribe, <laughs> download. It'll yes. be nice. And, uh, maybe we'll get those sweet sponsorship dollars. Dollars. Read ad <laughs> copy in the middle of the thing. Yeah. Sherry's berries. Sherry's. We do it like Rogan and just get it out of the way in the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. I'm just like, do you want blue apron? Yeah. Well, come get Blue Apron. Use promo code Brown. I'd be open to like if if anyone legitimately wants to sponsor us, even if it's just somebody who has like an Eats a store. Let me know. Yeah. It will do it for like super cheap. Screw it, just to say we have some sponsors. Yeah, we got. Ads I'll read ad copy. Yeah, uh, wrong. and, and coming, you'll get that voice reading ad copy. It's like, yeah. oh wow, why am I looking there? Yeah, I do it like there, way man. down there. Yeah, that thing's there. nice. It has a light on it there. that tells you just like because you can't quite see the lens. Just look at the light, and you're good. Little yeah. orange light on the side. It's very nice. And if 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 any artists are out there, like you have commission slots open. Yeah, hell yeah, I'll read that. Yeah, for a small fee. You know. Anyway, 
Uh, I'll say goodbye to the chat. Thank you, everybody. Uh, uh, everybody's saying, don't give up Wendy. The auction's happening. It has to go to someone better than me. I think the thing that people get upset about that I'm selling my MR2, they're not really upset at me. They're denying in themselves the possibility that they would do the same. Hmm. I could have worded that better. Um, think, it's doth, they doth protest too much or like they're warding off the evil spirits that this thing could happen to them. I would never do this. You don't know that. Yeah. You may, you may find yourself someday getting that dream car you always wanted, liking it and realizing that you, that you shouldn't keep it. Yeah. Brian three years ago wouldn't have done this. No. Like, because that was the talk of like, that was the dream. Like, let's get me, you know, this mr2 aw11 if i ever get to that point yeah and now it's like you know it's nice i loved every single moment of it i want to keep the memories as happy memories uh there's nothing to repair little things like i'm looking at that engine and all those vacuum tubes i'm like nope everything's working great good you know what i've had a wonderful time let's let's part ways let's go out like seinfeld yeah yeah but well, yeah, hopefully but, better than Seinfeld. Well, yeah. yeah. He still went out on top, though. Yeah. The show no, went out on top. I'm just like, yeah. Let's, let's, we're good. Uh, there's there's nowhere left to go. Um, yeah. And for me, even though that was like under two years with that car, you know, there's nowhere left to go but to destroy this thing. And we're like, well, yeah, then. then and people are like, well, yeah, then, then drive it. Drive it. Don't care about wrecking it. Can't do it. I can't do it. I can't you harm of it. For it. And by the way, how about you buy it and you drive it? Well, I can't. That's the big thing. Yeah. And people are like, don't sell the car. I say, are you going to buy it? Well, I'd like, no, no. I'm like, okay, then exactly. Yeah. Yeah. MR2 to RX7. No. Uh, what's replacing the MR2 is a motorcycle and I already have it. It's a Suzuki DR650S. Uh, or, yeah. I think it's just DR650. I may get a second motorcycle, like have a rotating thing, because, yeah. you know, and we talked about this before, insuring a motorcycle in Pennsylvania when you're over 30 is 75 bucks a year mm. to insure a bike. It's peanuts. Yeah. You don't even feel that money. Uh, yeah. One guy in the chat says everybody has free advice. Um, yeah. Is that a mm, do I like Rush? Yeah, I like Rush. <laughs> uh, oh why no rotary motorcycle i want something i'm not a mechanic i'm gonna buy something that i really don't have to maintain at all are you going to north carolina anytime soon canada canada is a possibility canada is nice yeah um anyway that's it yeah, thank, thank, thank you for yeah, watching let's right, uh yeah. let's cut this have a good week have a good week yeah.